very warm welcome to a new episode of the UPSC Prep Decoded, a podcast by the Abhyankas IAS for UPSC aspirants so that you can study on the go. This is our 22nd episode and I am your host Shreya. In this episode of In Conversation With, we are conversing with serving IRS officer Kiran Sir. He belongs to the Indian Revenue Service, IT, of the 2017 batch and is currently posted as the Assistant Director of Income Tax, Investigation Wing, Hassan, Karnataka and Goa region. He graduated with a Bachelor's of Engineering in Computer Science. He further worked with IBM India Private Limited for four years. His hobbies include playing cricket, table tennis and a little bit of performing arts theatre. Welcome to this episode, sir. See, as you said, I am currently uh, posted in the investigation wing in Karnataka. Uh, so, you, my daily profile, daily job profile includes basically going to income tax rates, uh, in charge actions. You might have uh, come across in newspapers or uh, uh, news channels, etc. Sir, a very basic question to begin with. Why do we need a taxation system? Uh, the government of the day need funds to run the country. And uh, taxation or uh, imposing tax is one of the major source of funds for uh, government's functioning. The others being uh, government also has authority to raise uh, funds from abroad or uh, through investments or through disinvestments. But uh, being a democratic country like India, taxation is seen as one of the measures uh, for equitable distribution of uh, resources in the society. And as you might have aware, uh, there are majorly two limbs of taxes. One is direct tax and one is indirect tax. Direct tax is where uh, the tax is levied directly on the individual. For example, income tax. Some of you might be working or would have worked earlier and you would have paid taxes to the government. That is direct tax, tax, as simple as that. And uh, the corporation where you were working would also have paid some tax to the government. That is corporation tax. Like this, these are taxes which are uh, which an individual pay directly to the government. Secondly, indirect tax. Indirect, why it is called indirect? Because, uh, for example, uh, uh, service tax or GST, uh, where taxation is passed down from one customer to another. For example, you are purchasing something, the end product, you could have gone through different stages of manufacturing, from raw material uh, to adding value to it, to packaging. In each stage, in each stage, someone will add value and increase the price and pass it on to the next, next stage. In the end, eventually, uh, suppose you are buying a mobile phone, uh, worth 10,000 rupees and you would be paying some taxes worth 1,000 rupees on top of it. Or GST, if you go to a restaurant where you pay uh, GST for whatever food you have. So these two are the major limbs of uh, taxation. And uh, in India, currently, direct taxes uh, are the major contributor for the Indian economy. Approximately 27 to 28% of revenue comes from direct taxes. And another 20 to 25% comes from indirect taxes. All right, sir. Moving on to the next question. The agriculture sector in India largely goes untaxed. 
what could be the way forward for india especially in light of the private sector's entry in agriculture as given by the recent agricultural reforms see the idea behind uh, not taxing or giving exemption to agricultural income is to support farmers or farming communities uh, who are for the basic uh, basic limbs of developmental activity uh yes there is a certain uh, certain regulation with respect to agricultural income uh because in the income tax act we say there are certain rules where if if someone is growing something and he is earning out of it uh, it is exempted uh, there are certain rules and regulations for it but more or less uh, it is misused across the spectrum uh, you might have uh, read in your social with uh, respect to indian society or With respect to any other subject, else, uh, even uh, marginal and big big farmers are uh, misusing this provision and getting exemption from agricultural income. Uh, in fact, uh, in in the department, we tackle it very strictly. Uh, all the agricultural income beyond certain range or beyond certain value are scrutinized uh, uh, very strictly, and. Uh, respective penal actions are taken that is with respect to how it is happening uh, in reality <clears throat> if i want to give you an example let us suppose you own some 10 acre of land and you are growing coconut and you are earning some 50 or 60 lakhs out of it and you you claim exemption then definitely will come back to you we'll ask you a lot of questions okay where have you what have you grown you show me the bills of uh, how much your produce are you know how much your not produce how much your sold uh, and if everything is in proper uh, proper uh, within the uh, dimensions of the law then only you are allowed exemption otherwise the whole amount would be added back to your taxable income so that is one part of the mechanism takes care of it secondly uh, with respect to what should be done is again uh, uh, there should be regulation with respect to uh, how much uh, how much land ownership should come under uh, exemption and to what extent value uh, to come under to come under exemption these are not uh, these these have been uh, in the pipeline but they are not implemented uh, and with respect to your uh, question on private entry into the farming sector see when it comes to okay see that that portion will be taxed because once once a company say company like reliance it buys uh, products from farmer it is exempted in the hands of the farmer not in the hands of the uh, company once it comes the raw material it is again taken into consideration as their business object so that part is already there but uh, i think farming part uh, will be intact maybe with certain minimal changes sir so it won't be wise for india right now to go into taxation in agriculture right yeah may not be uh, okay. with definitely with uh, certain uh, regulations we have to go because i have seen that uh, there is lot of tax evasion happens with respect to agriculture uh, okay i might be warning i have seen cases where uh, a person is owning a land मतलब ही इज ओनर ऑफ द लैंड से 25 एकर्स बट यू नॉट हैव ग्रोन एनीथिंग ओके सो देयर इज अ टेंडेंसी टू शो इनकम आउट ऑफ दोस लैंड्स 
uh, all those income are uh, routed through black money channels. Okay, suppose I'm getting a black money of say 10 lakh and I own 2 acres of land. Okay, that 10 lakh I've uh, got it from my agricultural income. In that sense, this black money goes undetected. Okay, so we need to have some regulation uh, and how government uh, uh, proceeds forward. Thank you, sir. This gave us some clarity on the issue. The next question is on the taxpayer charter, sir. It outlines the rights and responsibilities of both the taxpayers and the tax officers. What does India hope to achieve through it? Uh, see, uh, the idea behind taxpayer charter is to increase the trust between uh, citizens and the government. Uh, so it is something uh, analogical to the citizens charter that you, you would have uh, tried or studied. You go into any government office or you go to a bank in any particular any particular bank, they'll have some guidelines as to okay, certain kind of work has to be done in within that time limit or uh, something like that. So taxpayer charter also uh, the idea behind is to increase the trust one. Secondly, uh, increase the ease of compliance uh, for for a taxpayer, uh, and uh, there should be more. Uh, I would not say interaction, there should be more uh, free flow of information between department and uh, citizenry. Okay. Uh, it, it, it should not treat the uh, tax uh, or for that matter. Uh, see, uh, earlier what, you, what uh, governments used to think that uh, taxpayers are evaders. See, there is something called uh, Taxpayers are evaders and taxpayers are nation builders. Okay, uh, there are two different concepts. You should one should not think everyone that he is evading taxes or avoiding paying money to the government. So there should be a shifting paradigm from uh, this to taxpayers to the nation builders. Okay, so that friendly atmosphere to be created or the trust should be channelized between both of them. So that is the basic philosophy behind uh, taxpayer charter. And it also enlists uh, some of the uh, timelines that is to be addressed between them. Sir, could you also talk about its enforceability? See, enforceability, uh, see, to be, uh, what do you say? Uh, to put it very bluntly, it is, at this point of time, it is very, very difficult and very, it is very, uh, at very nascent stage because see uh, there is always a gap between bureaucracy and uh, citizens okay uh, that's why you call it a speed frame and where you know the access to citizens are very less but uh, it is changing now uh, because of various platforms uh, various social media platforms or various interactive tools between uh, uh, government and the uh, what do you say, uh, citizens? I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, recently, when in my work only, there was uh, there was an article about uh, written by a CEO of a company, and uh, the major issue was the company had not got refund, uh, which was pending from six months. So the article was tweeted, and uh, someone again retweeted it and tagged. Uh, Finance Minister, PMO, and uh, everything. Uh, 
So within no time, uh, we got a call from the IST office. We verified everything. Uh, why refund was stuck? Why it was not processed? Uh, there could be many reasons. And immediately we gave our response. And uh, the issue was resolved within two three days uh, from the day it was uh, put out on Twitter. So we no one could have imagined this ten or even ten ten years ago. Refunds used to come like six months later or you know even one year later. Uh, so this shift is what the government is looking for. Uh, where I don't want to wait for something which I want. Uh, this is my money, my refund. I as possible and these starters and these interfaces are really here to help help those citizens okay sir now moving on to the last leg of our discussion one that all upsc aspirants are eager to know about with reference to our today's topic of discussion what exactly do we study for the exam see for exam perspective don't go too much deep into technicalities of uh, every different tax and all just remember few things there are few ratios like tax gdp ratio okay so it is very important to understand tax gdp ratio and how it has been uh, varying from the last uh, decade also uh, because tax gdp ratio tells a lot about policies of the country uh, whether how they are in in concurrence with the taxation structure in concurrence with the economy uh, and read about uh, and use them profusely in all your answers um, wait laffer car lawrence car uh, some concept with respect to taxation you can use them and uh, you yourself make, can make a comparative charts on how tax gdp ratios are there in developing and developed countries and how they go with uh, economic development so since you spoke about the tax to gdp ratio Could you elaborate on this topic further? Currently, India's tax to GDP ratio stands at ten percent, which is an all-time low compared to other economies. Could you talk of the recent reforms? Uh, see, basically, tax GDP ratio uh, at a broader level, what it says is how uh, your taxation system is moving with respect to the GDP growth. Right. Okay. See, uh, basically. it is low for developed developing countries especially especially like in india when you compare to other developed countries because of uh, because majorly uh, there are lot of deficiencies with respect to the uh, how much tax revenue that has been generated has been uh, pushed towards developmental policies okay so when your liability towards uh, borrowings have increased so major tax revenues goes towards fulfilling those borrowings okay yes. because uh, in that extent to that extent you are not able to invest or use them for your investment or your programs in the country right okay. and it also uh, depends on the economic cycle if you are in recession uh, or if you if you are recovering from the recession then uh, the tax revenues that have been generated cannot be utilized entirely for your developmental activities so in that sense uh, uh, that's why uh, when whenever there is a recession period we can observe that gdp ratio in india generally tends to go low great sir this gave us a comprehensive understanding on the topic last question sir 
but the prelims now been postponed and we have some 5 months for the exam could you give us some advice for preparation okay see uh, you dedicate 2 months to prelims somewhat may okay whether you cleared earlier we have gone to interview doesn't matter because uh, those last 2 months are very crucial uh, for revising and uh, to keep keep factual things or everything in their in your shorter memory okay uh, so if your first attempt or third attempt to dedicate two months for prelims i think that should be more than sufficient uh, before that i think that point you can divide your time based on your main subjects and prelims uh, and what else see don't leave out anything leave out anything even ancient history Yeah, one or two questions might come. Still, I would say you take a chance and read them because uh, eventually the two three questions will matter uh, whether you are getting through it or not. Uh, and nowadays they are asking a lot, lot about agriculture and you know related science uh, and technology. So go through their basics. Uh, at least you will be able to make an educated guess or you know connect uh, two options. Uh, I I generally used to I used to tell people that prelims is all about uh, how lesser mistakes you make, okay, rather than how much you will get right. Okay, someone who makes less mistakes will get through. So that you keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, see, uh, one thing I forgot to tell: uh, be very strong in your fundamentals. Okay, be it for prelims, mains, or interview. they are not expecting you to be uh, you know you to know how rocket science works okay uh, it's as simple as that the more you keep it simple the better your chances for uh, success in, even in mains also uh, just imagine the evaluator evaluating every answer scripts uh, okay uh, most of the answers uh, answer answers are pre cooked where coaching institutes or anyone will say you write this you write this Uh, even there, make it very simple, and you have to uh, see if I am evaluating your answer. Why should I give one mark extra than the other person? You know, you keep that in mind. You try to be a little bit innovative or creative, and uh, make sure that whenever being evaluated, if I give your answer, you should feel that yeah, uh, the person has addressed to what the question has been asked. Some creativity, some innovation. So half a mark in one question will determine your success and rank eventually. Okay, so keep that in mind. An interview uh, personality test is, say, to be honest, uh, you need luck. Okay, I would not say that you know uh, with hundred uh, hundred points IQ or anything you can clear personality. In all the stages, you need luck. Okay, so you keep that in mind. Uh, so, uh, but that luck comes again if you strive hard or you know uh, work work properly. Just keep it take care and don't be worried about you know it's happening or not happening. Yeah, see, eventually by the time I I I got into service or you know I got selected, just do your work, focus on the process. And That's it for today sir. We are indeed grateful to you for answering all our doubts related to taxation 
and especially for all the tips on the civil services preparation. It will most certainly be of immense help to all our listeners if we can take all your advice fruitfully to succeed at this exam. Dear listeners, your inputs, feedback, suggestions, and most importantly, your questions are of importance to us. Do send them in and we will try our best to address them. If you like this episode, please show us some love by hitting the like button. Download the episode to access your favorite episode anytime, anywhere. We are now available on major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We also have a Facebook page, an Instagram handle, and a Twitter handle, all by the name of Abhyanka's IS. Please do visit our website, and to get in touch with us, our email ID is info at abhyankarias.com. So that's it for today, folks. See you in a week's time. Meanwhile, stay safe, stay wise, and have a great day.